Hello, my name is Daniel Nenny, founder of SemiWiki, the open forum for semiconductor professionals. Welcome to the Semiconductor Insiders podcast series. If you have a topic you'd like us to cover, please post it on semiwiki.com and we'll get right to it. My guest today is Dr. Lawrence Pileggi, professor in the Department of Electrical and Computer Engineering at Carnegie Mellon University. Larry is the 2023 Phil Kaufman Award recipient for distinguished contributions to electronic system design. His pioneering contributions include circuit simulation and optimization that have enabled the industry to address the challenge of interconnected delay dominated designs and for his innovations in electrical and computer engineering education. Welcome to the podcast, Larry. Thanks a lot, Daniel. I'm really happy to be here. Can you first tell us how you got started in the semiconductor industry? Do you have an interesting story to share? Uh, perhaps, perhaps for others who are sort of first generation uh, kids going to college, I, uh, I really didn't know what an engineer was before I uh, went to college and, and um, I wasn't really a very uh, studious uh, kid in high school either. So um, at some point um, I was thinking about what I was going to do for a career and uh, someone said to me, well, you know, if you're good at math, you should be an engineer. And I, I thought engineers drove trains, you know, I didn't really know what one was at, at the time and ended up in um, undergrad in engineering and, and at, at the University of Pittsburgh. And in the uh, first year, they take you all in auditorium and they, they ask you to pick a discipline. And uh, I picked electrical engineering because it, everybody said it was the hardest. And then um, as I was just uh, going through that curriculum, I, I sort of became attracted to uh, hardware and microelectronics and, and I ended up um, working in a solid state physics lab for a little while and then um, doing some biomedical work, which was uh, making um, little thick film um, circuits for uh, biomedical applications. So that's really what got me started in the area. So what about computers? I mean, you know, the, you, you and I probably started about the same time. Um, you know, my father was a pilot, so the avionics was just fascinating to me. But then I got my hands on my first computer, which was a Commodore PET. You know, this was in the late 70s. And yeah. boy, the, the computer thing is, is where I fell in love. But I, I did become a pilot. But, you know, computers and semiconductors were my first love, really. Yeah, I, I bought a, um, I think I was probably 18. And I was working at a fast food restaurant and I, I saved up some money and bought a TSR-80 computer from um, Radio Shack. And uh, I, I really loved that. Uh, when I was in college, I, I bought an HP computer. I don't remember what model it was, but um, I actually used it to um, do lithography for some of the thick film work that we were doing by um, writing some code to draw little patterns on a transparency with a HP plotter. And then we would use that as a mask um, to, to make uh, these little thick films um, by shrinking, you know, shrink, doing a reduction on the, the, um, the print on the mask. And this was instead of cutting rubulith, which was the, the other way to do it at the time. I sure, certainly remember those days. So what keeps you motivated now? Uh, I, I think uh, the best part for me is the, the students here, you know, being being an academic, being a faculty member, uh, it, it's just never dull. And uh, 
I don't know. The students, they keep impressing me more and more each year. They're, they seem to be getting smarter. And, and, and this recent cohort of students, they're also so aware of the world and uh, they, they think so big and it just, uh, it's just incredible to, to enable them. It, it, it just feels uh, fantastic. Um, right now we have um, our incoming class of um, students is 50% um, female and uh, it just, um, it's, it's amazing. Um, the dynamic that it's involved with uh, today's engineer compared to, you know, when I went to school. Well, that's good to hear. Uh, we certainly need more workforce in the semiconductor industry. You know, when I, when I was young, my father was in the Air Force and we traveled a lot. But when I was in school, very few people had left California. <laughs> you know, they, were, they weren't really as worldly. So that's good to hear because that's important. Uh, so what are you currently working on? Uh, a, a couple of things. Uh, I mean, I, I still do work in microelectronics and integrated circuits. Um, uh, some CAD, we we do still make um, chips for different applications like, uh, you know, neural network uh, for uh, disk drive, so to read the data off disk drive heads, uh, or um, microelectronics that is trusted. Uh, there's a lot of interest in that right now in terms of, the, you know, there's all about cybersecurity. There's also the hardware aspect of that. Um, so there's a lot of research focus on that these days. Um, in addition to that, though, um, with some of my EDA background, uh, about 10 years ago, we we started applying some of that to the electric grid. Uh, and, uh, you know, the, the, to me at the time seemed like just a big circuit, you know, that, that uh, powers our homes, et cetera. But um, there's much more to it than that. And, and it's been a really interesting research endeavor for us as well. Hey, you mentioned EDA. Um, I was told that you've founded several EDA start or several startups, and some of your students have become successful entrepreneurs. Um, can you drop some names? Is it uh, companies or people I would know? Alton Odebasiaglu is uh, one of my former students. He he and uh, John Lee have um, most recently uh, had founded Gear which was acquired by ANSYS and was um, pretty uh, successful. Um, and uh, Virbon Ketterpal uh, has had a few uh, startups um, in the Bitcoin space and, and then um, more recently in uh, architecture and accelerator uh, for machine learning. Yeah, I know John Lee. I, I know your company. Uh, I worked with John uh, quite a few years back and I work with him today. That, that was a great uh, company, a great acquisition. Yeah. Um, so what encouragement and advice do you offer today's young entrepreneurs? I mean, you know, hopefully in the EDA market, right? You know, we need more startups. Yeah. Um, you know, that, that's one thing with see, when I was in EDA in, in the 80s and into the 90s, uh, there was a lot of research funding. And so there's a lot of students working in EDA. Uh, today, that's that's less so. Uh, strictly because you know there, there isn't as much SRC funding, Semiconductor Research Corporation funding, uh, or NSF funding, National Science Foundation funding, for EDA per se. Now that's changing a little bit with um, the Chips Initiative and and everything from the government, but but still um, 
there just aren't as many um, PhDs in EDA, so there aren't as many courses being taught in EDA. And then that also has a sort of a trickle-down effect to there aren't as many uh, undergrads and master's students getting exposed to EDA. Um, so that's that's really just the, the the nature of the way that research works in the university. But I think um, we have a lot of paths to entrepreneurship, and for students who are motivated in these areas, we we can generally help uh, shepherd them and guide them. We provide a lot of support for that kind of thing at Carnegie Mellon. That's great. So who do you consider to be your greatest mentor? Uh, that's a great question. My advisor was Ron Rohr, who um, who really uh, was great at uh, teaching me how to do research. Uh, Ron was the guy who started Spice at Berkeley um, as a class project. And I, I, I think I, I did some research before I met Ron, but I certainly learned a lot from him. Uh, I think um, the person who had probably had the biggest impact on my career was um, Andre Strovas. Uh, Andre is one of the founders of PDF Solutions. And uh, why I say that is um, when I met Andre, I was working in uh, industry at Westinghouse Research. I, I had a master's degree and I, I moved away from biomedical and I, I decided to go and uh, make chips for elevators and motors and other things that uh, Westinghouse was doing. And I was kind of bored there and I, I took a, a class at CMU and it was a, a BLSI class. Uh, and um, Andre uh, was teaching it at the time. And uh, he's the one that um, uh, was talking to me after class one day and he said, hey, you should, you should really come back to school to get a PhD. And so uh, when, I, when I think about those who really impacted my life the most, um, he's one that um, really set me on this uh, trajectory. And Andre and I have been colleagues here for uh, what, 30 years together. He retired recently, but I still interact with him. And uh, so he's, he's been a great mentor over those years. You know, I was very lucky early on is I saw a panel with Bill Gates and Andrew Grove, and they were arguing uh, about, you know, what the biggest limitation of computing will be. Will it be hardware or software? And of course, you know, Andrew Grove said software and Bill Gates said hardware. And, you know, it turned out both of them, you know, were right. That's what really inspired me is to figure this out. And, you know, I did computer engineering like uh, you teach, and I could have gone programming or electrical engineering and you know back in the 80s uh, there were more electrical engineering jobs than programming but yeah. it was just so interesting to see what was under the hood of these computers and what actually made them work and I think that was my big inspiration but so many great leaders have been in our industry so many brilliant people have been in semiconductors and I think that's what keeps me interested yeah that's true uh, I, I am you know definitely um, I have my heroes out there I guess as well so what do you consider to be your greatest accomplishment? Professionally, you mean, in terms of research? or Yeah. I, I think I'm probably best known for uh, what we did for model order reduction for interconnect circuits. That was our, sort of my thesis work. Uh, that um, technique, asymptotic waveform evaluation, is probably in use still today by uh, every semiconductor and EDA company in the world. Uh, it, it's had a very long life, 
uh, we, uh, we developed a, an open source tool called RICE that is still in use uh, even 35 years later. And, um, you know, I've sort of moved on from that and uh, much of the follow on to that work, but um, I think that's probably what I'm, I'm considered to be best known for. So what's next for you? Are you going to coast off into retirement or are you going to continue working? You mentioned that uh, the previous podcast you had done was on poker. Are you going to become a professional poker player? <laughs> uh, I thought about that during retirement. I I do have a uh, every uh, when I when I became department head in 2019, I introduced myself to various groups of students here, and I um, had a dinner with the the women in ECE group, Win ECE they're called, and and they're fabulous young ladies. And um, I talked a little bit about myself and and the research, and and then. At the end, um, I said, does anybody have any questions for me? And the one uh, young lady raised her hand and she said, will you teach us how to play poker? So they uh, saw some things that I had done and, and looked at my online profile. So um, I, I now have, we now have a poker table in, the, in this department and uh, I, um, I do a poker tutorial uh, at least once a semester with uh, the women in ECE. And it's, uh, it's super fun. They're very smart quick learners. And um, I don't share that with their parents, but we do, uh, we do a poker night. <laughs> so you've played in the World Series of Poker, I'm told. And, you know, do you have any favorite moments that you can share? Uh, I, I think the best moment is when you're in the main event and uh, you get to the point what's called the money bubble, which is uh, uh, where um, the next hand that the next person who's out gets nothing, and then everybody who's left in the tournament uh, makes money. And um, that's a pretty exciting moment because when you start with eight or 9,000 people, and then you're talking about being down to 15% of the field left, and that you're waiting for that one poor guy or, or woman to um, bust out of the tournament, and then everybody cheers. It's a pretty exciting moment. Yeah, you know, I mentioned I played in uh, 2000, and uh, I'm a poker player as well. I just love the math behind it. But it, math won't always get you, you know, to the final table. But uh, yeah, I played a couple days in the World Series, and it, it was it was it was very entertaining. And uh, a little bit later, some gentleman came out with a book called Math Poker or Applied Math Poker, and and I read the book, and I'm like, holy cow, that's how I play, you know. And I just realized now everybody's going to be playing exactly the way I play. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the thing about playing, as you may know, is that um, when you first start playing, you think you got it because the rules are pretty simple. But then the more you go into it, the deeper you go, then the more you realize that others were playing at a whole different level before. And you're not only kind of catching up. So um, that's been interesting for me. But somebody did interview me once and say, wow, um, you know, there's all of your background as an engineering professor all that math, that schooling, uh, does that help you with uh, your your poker? And I said that the only thing that my PhD helps me with with poker is you used to know how to stay up all night and and play at exhausting late hours. <laughs> and, yeah. and then that um, you could put that look on your face, like when a student comes to you with their exam and they want more points. 
you know, you kind of just give them the stare down. Uh, they're the only things I think that are valued. <laughs> uh, that's good. Well, Larry, it's uh, great to meet you, and I'll see you at the Kaufman Award ceremony, and uh, congratulations. Uh, thanks, Daniel. Appreciate it. That concludes our podcast. Thank you all for listening, and have a great day.